Welcome to the Operation Lighthouse Podcast. I'm your host, Chaplain Jim Parkin. My intent is to create a guide for anyone whose path may lead them to the first responder or veteran communities. First responder and military service is not for the faint of heart. Swift and unprecedented consequences will follow your decision to breach this environment. With that in mind, I believe the unabridged podcast compiled here will be the ultimate companion for anyone who has taken up residency in the first responder or veteran communities. Kindest regards. Enjoy the show. Okay, kids. We're going to do a solo sesh this week. Welcome back to the show. Just now leaving work. So we're going to record on the way home. It's been a wild week. All kinds of things. Had a young gentleman break his foot nearly off. You know... All sorts of sick people, all sorts of not-so-sick people, is what it is, as EMS. But we wrapped the week today with a 20-something um, DOA, which, if you don't know, that's dead on arrival. It means she's too far gone, there's nothing we can do, and that's it. It's kind of a bum out because she's, you know, late 20s, had all sorts of troubles, from what we're told with addiction and substance abuse. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Bad way to end, end, to, uh, end the week. But these things happen, and this is the nature of our job. This is one of the things that, that you see time and time again. You know, all ages. You know, there's a, a pediatric cardiac arrest also had gone out around the same time. It's just is what it is, kind of what it is. So why do I say all this? This is because this is why I actually decided to do a podcast. Because these are just things we see. This is what we deal with on the regular basis. You know, it's all part of the job. So the podcast was my idea to kind of, for one, for me, it's it's a way of journaling. It's a way for me to, like I'm doing now, talk about kind of a bad call, bad situation. But then also... It's just this, we, I, I believe that we do this job, but we, I think we're better together. And so when we create content and we share it with the community and get the community involved in the podcast, the EMS community and first responder community, I mean, I think we can learn from each other and, and kind of, you know, move through this wild career as a, as a group. So, we started the podcast in, as most of you know, and I think around 2017, and we were under, kind of, we were out on our own, we were recording in my basement. If you go back to the first few episodes, you might hear toilets flushing, furnaces coming on, dogs barking. You know, then we kind of moved into the church, had a studio for a while, then COVID hit, then we weren't recording in the studio or in person. You know, we've just recently gone with this kind of new mode of recording, what I'm using right now, uh, the Audigo mic. It's a little square box, portable mic, and uh, allows me to just pop up and do episodes like this. So, why does one choose EMS as a career? Everybody has their own answer, you know, so even me, so I thought tonight maybe I'd share kind of my origin story, how this all came to be. So, 
was born in 1969 in Johnson City, Tennessee. We kind of bounced around. My dad worked for Pontiac, a division of GM. You know, lived in North Carolina for a minute, lived in Florida, lived in California. Um, a lot of years in California between North and South. It's kind of the way I am. You know, the reason I am the way I am is for, from those years, kind of that, that West Coast lifestyle. It pretty much had the most influence on me, I would say. Um, <clears throat> ended up graduating from high school years later, obviously, in 1988 from Naperville Central High School, Naperville, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. We shortly thereafter moved to Colorado, where I, you know, fancied myself a ski bum, and I would ski during the day and deliver pizzas at night. We get to the point where I gotta have a big boy job, I had tried community college and it just wasn't for me, so into the army I went. Um, that is just what it is, not very exciting. I went in the army, I did army things for six and a half years, got to go to Korea, and that was it. Got to drive for an officer, and that was that career, and I got out, did the thing that everybody does that's a veteran, which is kind of struggle to reacclimate, and then after several horrible civilian jobs, not really figuring myself out, I got linked up with Grand Blank Fire Department, which, let me go back to the beginning. When we were in California, which would be 78, you know, 77, 78, 79, we had family friends through our church and through like Little League Baseball, and the guy, George, was an LA fireman, and he had pictures on his garage wall, one of which, was a picture of him trying to extricate a gentleman out of a car accident. And they have taken the roof off for you fire guys. They, they pulled the roof right off. And this is, again, this is the 70s. So there was no gloves, there was no PPE. There was like a turnout coat and, and, and high boots and that was it. And he's doing his thing. And I can remember that picture drawing me in, right? I can remember it being like the thing. Like, I didn't know what it meant. I just, it's a weird connection. I would look at it, just stare at it every time we were at their house. Wild. So then if we fast forward all the way to when I was getting the uh, entrance or like the intake interview at Grand Blank Fire was on 9-11-2001. Where Chief Harms was on the phone trying to see if he needed to get USAR guys to, to New York, seeing if they were needed. Everything was kind of happening fast. You know, and, and fire was good to me. I really enjoyed it until I met medical. Chief Harms kind of opened the door for me by sending me to an EMT class at Genesis. Dennis Knapp was the instructor. Shout out, Dennis. You know, um, shortly thereafter, I get hired for a company called ERS. That was short-lived as I had the opportunity to get hired on at Swartz, where I stayed, as many of you know, for 18 years. You know, in 07, got my paramedic and loved it and honestly thought that Swartz would be the only place ever that I would be able to work. I'd be a medic there, I'd retire there. And, you know, things happened, things changed, and I needed a change of scenery, needed, you know, different things, different opportunities. I needed to see a different part of the city. So, Myself and my partner, who you all know, Dan Craig, left 
sports became to MMR, where we still are today, coming up on one full year at MMR. And it's been great. I have zero complaints. It's been great. I've seen way more stuff, been able to do more things. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. So that's kind of it. That's, that's an abridged, shortened version of how I got from A to B to where I am now. Now, all of that to say, I did it because I love medical. Which is weird for fire guys to hear because they're always like, you know, you know, why would you want to be on the box? It's like a demotion. You go to a firehouse and get on the ambulance and you're trying to wait for someone to retire or something or leave so you can get on the squad or the engine. But for me, I like medicals. I love the city of Flint. I love running calls here. All the calls, even when they're bullshit, I love it. Everyone has bad days, even me, but like, I love it here. So think about that sometimes. Think about why do you do what you do? All right, also, let's talk about burnout. Now this isn't fact, like, I guess what I'll say here is either my opinion, uh, my opinion's not yours, but what I honestly think burnout is, is when you forget why you started the thing that you think is causing you burnout. And all that stuff, it doesn't have to be major traumas, huge events. What it really is, is all the little, small, naggy changes to policy, you know, changes to uniforms, changes to start times and end times, changes to hospitals, changes to software. Those are all the things that wear people out. But that should never take away from why you started doing the thing to begin with. Like, nobody, like, I know that our go-to thing is to say we hate people. We don't hate people. If you hated people, you wouldn't last. That's just facts. If you really hated people, you wouldn't have started, and you wouldn't still be here. So, I get it. You know, we use it as a coping mechanism. We also use, of course, for those who aren't in the business, first responder or more specifically EMS, what they call dark humor. Things to us are just funnier. Things that maybe to the outside viewer shouldn't be funny are funny to us. You know, we have jokes for about everything. You know what I mean? Um, what else do I got? Let's talk about late calls. Everybody hates a late call. Everyone who's ever worked on an ambulance or a pro, I would assume a police officer or a firefighter, hates to be in the worst window of the shift is the last 15 minutes because you're literally sitting there holding your breath, waiting, wondering, you know, hoping that, you know, dispatch doesn't move you to a hot spot, that they kind of keep you protected and safe. And then you have, like we had today, our time to go out of service is at six o'clock, 1800, and at 1700, or 1701, excuse me. No, 1751. I'm looking at my phone. 1751, we get called out for what initially was a cardiac arrest. Nobody wants to do that. But what really matters, what really stands out, what makes you like kind of stand out as a provider is what do you do 
like, how do you run that call? Do you bullshit? Or do you give them the same set of skills you were using at 6.30 in the morning when you started? I mean, I know what we want to do. I know we all have the tendency to want to be like, I'm going to only go halfway. But no such thing as halfway crooks, guys. you got to do the full deal. You can't be bringing people in with seat collars on, seated in the captain's chair, like no matter what. you got to give people your best. Like, I'm ranting a little bit, I get it, but we go down this rabbit hole and we aren't treated as professionals. Well, we're not treated as professionals because we don't act like professionals a lot of the time. How do we fix that? We fix that by giving everybody honestly your best. Even when you don't want to, when nobody's looking. It is how you gotta do it. It's just the expectation. It's what you should want for yourself. You know, you, you should want to go around thinking you're the GOAT, thinking you're the best medic or best EMT of all time. A little quote of mine is if, if I called 911, I would want me to show up. That's how you gotta operate, man. That is, if you're new to this, you wanna get to that level. You wanna get to the level where your colleagues are telling you that they would want you to come take care of their family. Like, forget about promotions, forget about all the stuff. I mean, you're never gonna get rich doing this, so really don't spend too much time on the money. Like, you wanna be better than everybody. We should all be competing to be better than each other all the time, and then our community has the best possible patient care and patient outcomes. So next, we have EMS week, which is coming up next week, which is like, I don't know, man. To me, it's kind of cool, kind of a hassle. I get it, I appreciate it. Like for our, my company, MMR, I know what we're doing. I know that on Monday, I will be up bright and early at our main station in Genesee, Station 81, making breakfast burritos for the crews. I love breakfast burritos well documented and then we're gonna come back Monday night we're gonna make breakfast burritos again for the night cruise and so that'll be cool that'll be Monday not really sure what they got going on for the rest of the week for our MMR cruise I did see this man I saw this email poll come out and one of the categories was who is the power couple come on Y'all know what this is. You know the power couple is your boy JP and his partner DC. You know we're the ones. All the other ones, you can have it. In this world, we're a brand. We're a whole different thing. Y'all know it. You're all laughing right now. But you know it's right. And you know the right thing to do is if you work at MMR, you need to open up that email vote for your boys for power couple and that's what's up with that said man this is the end of a sh of a long week it seemed like you know we got some stuff going on this weekend got a little lacrosse tournament with my daughter you know got some time off do some family stuff so if you're working this weekend stay safe not working enjoy yourselves remember what i said man always do your best 
always try to be better than everybody else and claim it. Claim yourself as the best ever to do it. If you say that to yourself all the time, man, I promise you'll start to believe it. Anyway, man, stay safe. If you can't stay safe, stay dangerous. Always do your best. Always brush your teeth. Always make your bed. We will see you next week. Got a new episode dropping early this time. Probably Monday or Tuesday. All right, fam. Be blessed. Peace. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Operation Lighthouse podcast, where we provide weekly faith-based content for the first responder and veteran communities. This podcast is for you and we're grateful you're here. If you or your loved one needs to talk to someone, text or call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Available 24-7, the 988 hotline provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.